Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, we are continuing in our series of keystone metrics by talking about installation completion percentage. Now, this is a metric that that truly for years I didn't track. And part of it was that for the beginning of my career as an installer, I was just not aware that this was even even a thing. But as I moved into a sales role, I was in a company that was real big and I, I was only in charge of our retail sales division and I didn't have direct control over installation. But towards the end of my time there, largely inspired by Grant, we started to to track down, you know, how are we doing on our installs? How many are not getting done where we have to go back? And we started having weekly meetings around it. And it was really powerful towards a couple things, towards morale, towards giving a better customer experience, and honestly, just towards making more money. It, it worked out as a win-win all the way across the board. So today, we are going to dive really deep on how to do this and how to track it. So to rewind a little bit and just refresh... This whole series here is about building a heartbeat report, and there's a lot of metrics that can go on it, but but we want to give you four basic keystone metrics that if you can start here, you're going to have a great indicator of your business. We talked earlier about traffic count. This is the bedrock of everything, in my opinion. It just sets you up for so much. You understand who's coming in your doors, and that will lead you to how many estimates are we writing up, is our marketing working, everything that comes with that. Say that's in quadrant one of your heartbeat report. Well, in quadrant two, we've got our installation completion percentage. And this is telling us, are we being faithful with what we've been given, right? The traffic count brings customers in. The installation completion percentage tells us what's happening there. Now, from my experience as an installer, and I was not a great installer, but I can just tell you, gosh, I mean, I wasted so much time. It's not even funny. I mean, I, I wasted so much time. It, it, my my father-in-law was so gracious not to fire me. And this this just happens in companies. And sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not. I mean, I've worked at businesses where they find out partway through that, you know, one of their one of their installers has been installing, you know, products on the side that that is literally like stealing business from that company. There's situations where installers will, you know, purposely waste time to to so they can get their hours for the day. There's there's so many situations where both intentional and unintentional waste is happening. And tracking this metric is is the key towards curbing that. I, I think this is this is going back a couple of months, but I, I did an interview with Dan Woodward from HHT for the Firetime Journal. And we were talking about the warehouse. And in the conversation, I asked him what's the biggest benefit towards cleaning up your warehouse and organizing it and taking it seriously. And I, I I thought that it was just a softball question where he would say, oh, you're going to make a whole bunch of money. And this is, you know, how much money the average business owner sees just by cleaning that up. But he didn't say that. He said, Tim, the biggest benefit is cultural. And he is so right. And And this is the exact same thing. When you start tracking this metric, I'm telling you, it will be a culture benefit. Because I'm I'm sure you've got installers that are A players and they want to win. 
and this metric shows them that they're winning and you can reward them based on that. The installers that hate this metric, I'm telling you, are the ones that are wrong for your business. Because if an installer is right for your business, even if the completion percentage is lower than what you want, they'll be excited because they can be a part of making change to accomplish the goal. If they look at this metric and complain about it, say it's not fair, all those things, they don't want to be part of the solution. So as, as we go into it, I, I, I really want you to think about how do we start to track this? We're going to give you a bunch of details on, on ways to do it. And it's really not difficult. But again, this is a keystone metric that will start making you ask questions about how you do estimates, about how your warehouse sets up a team, about how good are your installers, which ones are the best, which ones need extra training and help. It's a keystone metric that will lead to so many other things. So I'm going to jump out of the way. We'll get into this conversation and I've got some thoughts on the back end to share as well. Joining me from Spokane, Washington, once again is Grant Falco. Grant, excited to have you back and continue our conversation about the key metrics to build out a heartbeat report. It's awesome to have you here. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's good to be back. Yeah, so last time you were on, we talked about door swings, and that is what we call a keystone metric. And and by that, it means other metrics spring out of it. And today, we're going to talk about the same thing. So as a retail company is building the heartbeat report for their company, which is the report that every week they look at, it allows them to have their finger on the pulse of the business, today's metric has got to be on it. And that is install completion percentage. And I know that this is a metric that means a lot to you. Well, it does. I mean, Tim, as you as you go through your journey in business, you and, and you become a leader, you look to to figure out how to gauge performance. And so, you know, today we're going to talk about installation. And, and when I think about installations, like what is the most optimal performance? It's completion. It's just simply doing what you said you'd do within the time that you said you'd do it. So the simple, most important, you know, metric for installation is going to just come down to completion percentage. And it's as as simple as tracking how many jobs did we do and how many were completed and incompleted. And tracking it on a weekly basis talking about it and discussing it is going to lead to obviously customers more satisfied and to a higher completion percentage. Tracking it and reporting it on a weekly basis is going to drive your installers to do a better job. It's going to drive your estimators to do a better job. It's going to establish a warehouse that puts together just in case pipe packages to make sure that by golly, that job gets completed no matter what. Yeah. You know, this is a metric that for a long, long, long time, we, we didn't track in the businesses that I was a part of. And even when I was an installer, this, this wasn't something that was tracked. And I, I think that for many companies, their, their install team is, is man, I mean, it, it, there's so many things that are the key to profitability, but, but maximizing your install team is one of them. And very, very few companies maximize their install team because they're always going back for those second trips. And, and, you know, when you're chasing your tail like that, you're doing two things. Number one is you're, you're killing your profit because you're paying your crews and they're not getting paid for that work. But number two is you're killing their time. And that is like, that's the most, you know, egregious offense because 
gosh, like if you've only got two installers working for you, you only have so many hours that week where they can be productive for your company. And you're just going to waste that by them going back out to fix problems that could have been taken out on the front end. And, and that's not to shame people and say that return trips aren't going to happen. They are. But without tracking this metric, I mean, I, I would guess that for many companies, if you're not tracking this metric, I mean, I would say that that my guess is that their completion percentage is less than 50% if you're not tracking it. I'd say that's probably true. I think that it's guaranteed that things are falling through the cracks if you're not tracking it. I mean, as as a company that tracks it, things still fall through the crack. I mean, yeah. it's 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 something that has to be managed. And when you're talking about incomplete installations at the prices we charge today, like leaving a job incomplete without a plan to to fix it is crazy. In our industry, we do it all the time. We dude, so like I just gotta jump in. So like, okay, I'm just I'm your customer. I walk in and I drop seventy five hundred bucks on a wood stove. You come out to my house, you tear a hole in my wall, you put the stove in and you're missing a piece of pipe and you leave. And I've got a stove sitting on my floor. I've got a hole in my wall with a piece of pipe sticking through it and three t-shirts stuffed inside to stop the draft. And I, and I paid you $7,500. Like, am I stoked as a customer? No. Like, I don't care what happened. Like, that's a horrible experience. No. And it's one thing to be incomplete. It's a whole nother thing to be incomplete without a plan, without yeah. some type of path to completion. And, and if we're not tracking completions, we're not tracking incomplete jobs, and therefore we don't have our finger on the pulse of, of really the day-to-day uh, installation team's uh, performance and your customer's satisfaction. And I think tracking completions is really important, but obviously, Tim, the magic is tracking the incompletions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and as I say that, I, I paint that fictitious story of me, you know, being the customer. Again, this is not to say the mistakes won't happen. Like there will be times where that happens, but by tracking this and always having a plan, it, it, it sets you up more often than not to win. And let's just say that that situation I described happens to you four or five times a month. You get a furious customer. There was something out of your control. I mean, literally like, what if it happened once every other month? Just that in and of itself is worth it, right? Mistakes will happen, but you can, I mean, so many, so many companies, you know, are, are, are running in circles doing the same thing over and over again, just, just because they, they don't know a better way. So it's not said to shame. It's just, it's just to try to shine a light. And, and Grant, I want to talk about the metrics that this leads into as a keystone metric, but just get, getting really practical. Yeah. How do you track installation completion percentage? So uh, we have a, a weekly meeting that we report on the, the metric. And so we'll, we'll go through total installs um, and then what of those were completed. And we have, as you know, Tim, and uh, I'll try to quickly uh, explain, when we report on our metrics, we have them in a category that is red, yellow, and green. And it's important to to know when we're in the red which obviously isn't the best it's important to know when we're in the yellow and it's important to know when we're winning and in the green because we want to celebrate those and when we're in the red and we're losing you know it's not a bad thing because we're just reporting on it talking about it understanding it so we track as far as our red number of installations completed is less than 10 our yellow category is from 10 to 14 
And our green category is 15 plus per week. And as the one that I'm looking at, it we had 11 installations completed. The next one down is incomplete. And of that, and we can talk about this a little bit more as we get into it, like talking about it being a keystone metric and what it leads to. But if it's incomplete, Tim, it's really important to know if it's a planned incomplete or an unplanned incomplete on how you address that. And can, can you give an example of a planned incomplete real quick? Yeah. So a planned incomplete is like, especially today in this day and age when we don't have a front, but we're still going to put it into the installation queue and still get it installed and then go back out and run a front, uh, run that front out there. We're going to get everything else done. We're going to file it off. We're going to do everything. And then someone can just go out there and put it on to keep everything going. That would be a planned incomplete or. And sorry, just to, just to keep diving in. And that's planned with the customer. 100%. It's not yeah. planned if it's not planned with the customer, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's unplanned to I them. Mean, trust me, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been in meetings where we plan that it's not going to be complete, and the customer has no idea. <laughs> Don't do that. So, uh, uh, and a planned like there's a not number of different scenarios, but it's it, like you just said, it's intentionally planned, like. Yeah, new con- new construction. The house the house is going to get finished in six months. When we know we're we're really close, but the job's not going to be completed. That's a plan to complete, and that just goes with the flow. The the ones that you have to hone in on, and, and really, I, we call it all hands on deck type of meeting where you you put out a plan and then you execute on it. Is the unplanned incompletes or urgent incompletes? Those are the ones that you really want to monitor because. We talked about this earlier. A customer is paying $7,500, $6,800, dollars It's like small automobile purchases basically yeah. anymore. And then, and then you kill it all the way through the process. You, you, you sell them the right product. You solve their problem. You give them a price, an accurate price with explanation. You go out and do the estimate. You do all these things. You're building up the expectations. And man... When we don't follow through and the job is not complete and they don't get to enjoy that amazing wood stove that heats their home or that beautiful gas log set or gas fireplace that's going to go in there. Or you're on a Friday and, and he's got the weekend to just finish around the fireplace so you know his wife can enjoy the rest of the, the winter. We, we, we dash dreams and we don't realize that. And we have to be intentional in how we solve those problems. Yeah, that's great. We... As, as it started, Tim, we just tracked it and reacted to it by tracking it and allowing it to go. Now we are proactively reacting to these urgent incompletes and nine times out of 10, trying to make a plan before we leave that job. So the customer is, is at ease a little bit. That's great. We'll get back to our conversation with Grant Falco in just one minute. Hey, if you're listening to this and thinking like, gosh, I mean, where was this my entire life? I mean, I never understood even thinking about Keystone metrics, much less documenting these and having a heartbeat report day in and day out to help me. Well, if that's where you are, I'm telling you, this is just the tip of the iceberg and you have got to start checking out the Firetime magazine. Now, this is a digital magazine that comes out totally free every month. And I'm telling you, the articles inside are absolutely incredible. It's going to be content just like this written by our industry and for our industry to help you take control of your business and win. Now, 
You may not be much of a reader, and that's okay because every single article comes out in an audio format as well. So what you can do is you can go to itsfiretime.com slash app and download the app. Every single issue will be delivered straight to your device, and you're going to get a bunch of bonus content like surveys and market trends across the country that other retailers just like you are experiencing. Now, in addition to that, we have a sister podcast for the Firetime Magazine, and you can subscribe to it anywhere that you consume podcasts. Just simply search for the Firetime Magazine podcast, and every month you're going to get the articles dropped right into it so you can listen rather than read if that's your cup of tea. There's no excuse not to. You've got to check out the Firetime Magazine today. So just a few questions as you're talking about this. I know folks are going to be wanting to, to nail this down. Who is it that determines whether the job is complete, planned incomplete, or an urgent incomplete? I mean, I guess a, I guess a planned incomplete, you, you know ahead of time going out, but is it the installer that's marking on the paperwork this is what it is? Or is it when they come back, the warehouse person? Or is it an office staff that checks with every team when they come back for the day? Who is it that, that actually marks on the paper this was incomplete and planned, this is completed, you know, whatever it's going to be. Well, it will be the installer marketing it on the paperwork okay. uh, simply because they're the ones that are leading that job and the paperwork for that job. And that goes in end of the day. They turn that paperwork. Yeah. Yes. By the end of the day, every time they come in um, and we reestablish new paperwork for the next trip out, even if it's the same job, but they have to do it with an installation leader's approval, and we have two. So we look to solve that problem before the day is done. Like, we don't just like go, oh, we don't have a piece and give up. Heck no. Like, yeah. we have a text thread that is to all the, the people that can make key decisions, and it's an all, all hands on deck. One of our pillars is to deliver wow, and that, that comes down to completion. I will rob a part off a unit in the showroom to finish a job and then pay a hundred dollars to overnight that product to get it back in the showroom to make sure that that job is completed. And you don't really aim for that until you start tracking completion percentage, but ultimately it, that's the most important thing is finishing the job. Once we've determined that all options are exhausted and that a return trip is necessary, the leader approves it yeah. and the installer marks it and they, they, basically are expected to develop a plan and schedule it with the coordinators prior to leaving so that when we leave the customer, they know when we will be out there the next time we know uh, kind of what's expected. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So if, if we're going to build this process out, there's a few things that we need to have in place. First off, we have to have paperwork for the installers for them to mark. Is this complete? Is this a planned incomplete? Or is this an urgent incomplete? And, you know, I, I always used to joke that like, I would love just like three big red buttons on the dashboard of the truck. Like they get back to the truck at the end, they push the <laughs> green it. button or the red button or the yellow button. But that's, so they have paperwork. They just, is it A, B or C? And there's, and there's no other option. And, and if, again, if, if, if it was a, if it was, the job was intended to be completed that day and there is anything that you have to go back for, anything, it doesn't matter whether it's your fault or not. It doesn't matter. It's an urgent incomplete. So, so that's the first thing. Then that needs to get that paperwork needs to go to somebody. You got to put it in the bin or whatever. Because at the end of the week, 
you need to tally it up. But I would say at the beginning of the week, you also need to look at how many things are on the schedule. So just to kind of flesh this out a little bit, I think that the scheduler on Monday morning just needs to look at the schedule for that week and just simply count how many how many jobs are in, are in the schedule for this yeah. week. And maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20, depending on how big your company is. So they simply mark on their piece of paper at the beginning of the week, you know, we had, we had five installations this week. And then on Friday or whatever day the last you know, day of the week is, all that installation paperwork for the week's been turned in. And in either Friday night or Monday morning, one of those two, I think that that same person, the scheduler, just needs to look at the paperwork. And, and now we've written, okay, we had five jobs for the week. And they simply mark three were completed. One was a planned incomplete. And then there was one urgent incomplete. And that, those three, however many numbers that is, those three numbers, those four numbers, that goes on your heartbeat report. So your heartbeat report just simply shows this many installs, this many were completed, this many were were urgent and complete. Yeah, I would add to that a little bit, and I don't want to add complication, but meeting about it weekly, these urgent and completes, whether it's in a, a standardized team weekly meeting or getting together every Monday morning and reviewing the list of urgent incompletes or just unplanned incompletes, however you want to title them, because we need to stay on it. And so with tracking the numbers, always adding to the list of unplanned incompletes that you're working on and possibly looking at that the first thing that week on how are we taking care of these customers? Is there a status update? Is this part coming in? Is this okay? Is this on the schedule? I think would be really, really important. Um, along with tracking the information. Well, and that's why it's a keystone metric, right? So if it just starts out, we're just tracking completion percentage. So we look at, you know, we did, we had five in the books last week, completed three, one was planned and complete, one was not planned. You can stop there. And I would argue your company is still better off just simply doing that, but it forces you to ask that question. Okay, wait, who was the urgent and complete? Why did it happen? Oh, it was a, it was a warranty issue, man. That's like, that feels like the third one we've had this month on that same stove or, you know, man, well, we ran out of time. Well, why are we run out of time? Did we not budget enough time initially for the job or do we need to work faster? You know, it, it, it forces you to start to ask these questions and, and, and gather around in a weekly urgent and complete meeting like you've talked about before on the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I love the terminology keystone metric. And I mean, I'll, that offers some clarity to me on how this thing starts and how it kind of morphs into new things. And it's all about just starting it. In this case, it's completion percentage. But the intentionality that comes just, you know, just a little bit into it is incredible. And if, if you could just imagine knowing exactly at all times what jobs are incomplete and a status that you are actively, you know, updating that you can review and know that you're taking care of all of them, the, the sense of security, the, 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 you know, saving of time, worrying and, and, and trying to manage that is all accomplished because you just started tracking completion percentage. Oh, dude. And what I'm thinking about too, is again, Keystone metric, this will lead you to so many other places. I mean, it'll lead you to start looking at, okay, do we budget enough time for our installations? Because when week after week, you start to see, oh, wait a minute, gosh, every single week, we've got three jobs that always fall through the cracks because we run out of time. Now you're asking the question, okay, we, we got to look at our estimate process because we're doing something wrong in the way that we schedule or in the way that we, that we mark this out from the get-go. Again, if you don't track it 
all, all that happens is just complain. Oh, they, they're not working hard enough or, yeah, I just ran out of daylight. It just seems to always happen. But when you start tracking it, it forces you to start looking at other things. You know, also, as you start looking at your completion percentage, maybe there's a common thread where one of your team members is the, is, is always their jobs where they're not getting done at a good completion rate. So when it comes time to give raises, well, you want to reward your installers that, that, you know, they'll run through, you know, a brick wall to get that thing completed. Like that is so absolutely important for even just looking at your performance metrics of like, you know, how am I going to award raises? And if you go to an installer and say, I'd love to give you a raise, but you know, 40% of the jobs that you go to don't, don't, get completed. And so I have to send you back and pay more money. Exactly. I'm telling you, if you, if you can, if you can grow this to, to 85%, I'll give you the raise. I mean, it, it, it's a keystone metric. It leads to so many things. Yeah. And it also allows to, especially if you're meeting about it weekly, it, it gives you a chance to say thank you and reward these installers yes. that are knocking out complete, complete, like completion after completion after completion. Like, Go into that meeting and be shocked and be like, guys, you are absolutely crushing it, you know, and and maybe reward them with something monetary. But just them knowing that they're winning is a huge deal. And if you're tracking it, yes, they're winning. Guess what? They're not winning if you're not tracking it, but they might be completing all their jobs. So we want to celebrate those wins. We want to know how many jobs they're completing. And on top of that, Tim, as you know, if they're incomplete, let's say we made a mistake. Yeah. If we're meeting about it weekly, it's amazing what we learn from those mistakes. And that's where your focus needs to be. And that's where these metrics lead to. Well, you're the one that got me started on the urgent and complete thing. I mean, I've told the story before, but I was so frustrated at my team, called you and you just asked me about, well, don't you track your urgent and completes and meet weekly about it? And I had no idea what you were talking about. And that was a point for me that, that made a big difference. And you know, at the beginning, it can be intimidating where it's like, gosh, I mean, you know, as we've worked with companies, there have been times when they start looking at it, they got 15, 20 jobs that are on that list because no one was looking at it and it can feel overwhelming. We're never going to get past this. Well, better, you know, then, you know, you're, then you just get pummeled left and right when the customers just keep calling you at, at random. So it having this visibility, it forces you to fight fear. And, and I found this too, gosh, dude, even in like, you know, in Wi-Fi, we were looking at some metrics the other day where I'm like, okay, I know, I know what we need to do. And like, I feel, I'm feeling some fear because part of me is like, do I have what it takes? Am I enough? Does this mean I'm a failure? Now it's, so it's easier for us to ignore the metrics and just operate, you know, based on feel alone. Cause we can try to just make ourselves feel good, but the metrics tell us a story and, and that's, yeah, that's, that's important. It's the only way that we can, that we can actually become a business leader is, is to understand the story and combine the metrics with the gut feel that we have as we work in the business. Yeah, that's exactly right. I just think of like how much it costs us when we don't follow up with an incomplete. Like, so let's say you just make a small mistake, like just something very minor. You've killed it the rest of the time. If a day goes by and you haven't followed up with that customer and another day and another day, oh man, how many problems have they figured out about that scenario? <laughs> how many things are they going to, you know, hit you with when, when you oh, call gosh. back five days later? If we're not intentional about managing those incompletes, these small problems grow to big problems and cost us so much money, so much stress. And again, just managing completion percentage does 
almost right away lead to an understanding of how to manage your job completion and gives you a way to judge performance of your installers, which is really hard for a lot of us. And just that is a huge, huge part of it. You know, and I'm just thinking as you say that, I mean, for a company that's not that's not tracking this right now, I mean, my guess would be that if you can track your completion percentage and get it to, you know, 85%, I have to imagine, I have to imagine that will equate to tens of thousands of dollars extra in profit for the year. Oh yeah. Bottom line profit. Oh yeah. Bottom right. line profit. Like your personal yep, salary. Bottom is the line. Yep. Yep. I mean, right now, uh, Tim, I just want to share this. I'm looking at our, uh, one of our metric reports and uh, our urgent and complete list. And right now I know that we have six urgent and completes with our, our retro retail crews. Wendy Sherman, custom surround, not correct size, should be ready Monday. Brooke Lettabor needs liners ran too steep with snow on roofs, rescheduled for so-and-so date. Uh, Kristen Foe, scratched round. This was a floor model. New one on order, should be in, gives the date. So on and so on. So it's such a sense of security for when you're not in the mix or you're away from it to know where you're at on a constant basis with those uh, potential negative review customers because we're not staying on it. So, uh, yep, it's pretty awesome to see how a keystone metric can turn into so much more than just that one metric, as that's an example of. Yeah. So going out, you, you've, you know, you've heard me and Grant talk about it here. Starting, starting it for your installers is just simply three boxes. You know, even if they don't have any other paperwork on their installation right now, just have three boxes. Was it complete? Was it a planned and complete? Or was it an urgent and complete? And then simply just compare that to the total number of installs you had at the beginning of the week. That shouldn't take long to assemble. You could have whoever it is that does scheduling put that together for you. So Monday morning, when you when you get together to review the heartbeat report, again, just building on everything we've talked about, you can look at these metrics and just talk about it as a team. Okay, this is this is where we're at. Gosh, last week was down. And and again, if you if you want to go green, yellow, red, like you talked about, Grant. As you track this for a couple of weeks, you'll have a pretty good idea of what of what to have for green, yellow, and red. So I think this is amazing, man. And I know that you've put a lot of thought into it. And I, I thank you for it. This is a metric that I had never thought about tracking before meeting you. And I know that uh, the audience is really thankful that, that now they're aware of it as well. Yeah, well, I appreciate you letting me share. And uh, it's all about our customer, you guys, and making sure that they are satisfied and following through with what you say. So good, man. Thanks for being here. We'll talk again very soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you later. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Gosh, I mean, I, I'm inspired by this because this this was, I, I didn't even know about this metric until, I mean, years into my relationship with Grant. And, and it, it is so telling what it does for your business. I mean, honestly... I think that what we hit at the end of the conversation is is just so true. One of the most common questions I get is about building compensation structures. And we've never done an episode on this on the podcast, and I, we probably need to. Maybe we'll have to do a series on like compensation structures for different positions. But I get asked a lot about this. And one of the biggest ones is how do I pay my installers? And and there, there's some companies that, you know, they just keep increasing that base pay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that per se, 
but it really should be based on incentive. I mean, you can only afford to pay so much for what you're getting, and you want to make sure that that's healthy and that's fair for both the installers and you. I, I would say in general, many installers are grossly underpaid. Where they're, I mean, they're the lifeblood of your company, and they're literally the reason that that you're, you know, making hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales or or more, and they're underpaid. Now, there's other situations where they're overpaid. And they're not held accountable. They hold the company hostage because there's no one else to do the work. And you don't want either of those. You want to have a partnership with your installers where they're paid fairly, they're paid generously, and they provide well for your company. This is a metric to help you do it. I was talking with a friend the other week. And and as he was asking about this, we just discussed, you know, if, if you start tracking your completion percentage, and let's just say that you average, I don't know, 10 installs a week, two a day for, with a single installation crew. Well, if you can consistently hit that, you can go to your installers and say, hey, you know, I want to pay you more. What would it take for us to get to 12 a week? If we can do 12 a week, I can give you X amount of dollars. I mean, think about that, right? If you could get 12 installs in a week instead of 10, would you pay an extra 400 bucks to do that? I sure would because I've got a backlog of sales that's however far out, you know, a month, two months, three months out. So if I could pay 400 bucks, to get an extra two jobs coming in, that's a win. If you're an installer, would you be stoked to, to make sure that you can get these extra jobs in and you know you each walk away with an extra $200 that week, an extra 800 bucks a month? I mean, this is the way to start thinking about incentive-based pay. A- again, and, and, and you don't have to do a spiff like that, but it could be an hourly raise, right? So give the hourly raise to the installer with the highest completion percentage because they're the ones that set the bar for everybody else. If an installer's got a pretty low completion percentage, that's where you can have training conversations. And this doesn't all fall on them. It could be that the estimator is not giving them enough time. It could be that there's a bad scope of work written up for them. It could be that, that, you know, there's, there's just so many factors that play into this. So this is not meant to browbeat your installers. It's meant to shine a light on what's going on and help us figure out how can we move forward and and, and help our team. And the benefit will be cultural. I mean, man, if, if you've got a completion percentage of like 90, 95%, your installers are going to be walking around feeling like they own the place. And that is great. You want your installers to feel like an owner. You want them to be confident when they show up at a job. They know the stuff is right on the order. They know they've been given enough time. They're ready to knock it out. You don't want them at the first sign of trouble to start complaining to the customer. Oh, sorry. It's just how it always is. You know, yeah, this happens all the time. I mean, I've seen that. I, I've had situations where a customer calls me and they're like, so this happens all the time. Your installer told me this, like you, you, no one wants that. And you want to set your team up for success using this metric. will do it. So, uh, you know, as you, as you start to digest this and think about what's next for me, I think one of the key places to start is just simply looking at, okay, who's going to be the point person to collect this metric. We gave you the details on how to do it. And, and I know you can, it's just a matter of execution. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. So we've now been through two of these episodes and you understand what the first two keystone metrics are for your heartbeat report. So just imagine with me, I mean, I hope you do this, that you've literally got a piece of paper that's broken down into quadrants, your top left-hand corner you've got your foot traffic metric. Your top right-hand corner, you've got your installation completion percentage. Next week, we're going to jump into sales backlog, and man, I can't wait. I mean, this is a metric that, this is another one of those metrics that changed everything for me. I lived and breathed backlog in my own life, and now 
anytime I get to coach a sales team, this is where we start, this backlog. So, but but can't you see that this is starting to give you a picture of your business, right? It's going to give you a picture. Now, this picture plus your feel is what's going to help you make decisions. And at the end of this, once you've completed this heartbeat report, I'm telling you, you meet with your key leaders every week, you throw this thing down and talk about it. I mean, watch out world. Your, your business is ready to go somewhere. So I hope this has been a blessing for you and, and you've got something to go on this week. But you got to ask that question. Who's my point person to get this metric and when am I going to start taking it? I hope it's right now. So you guys have an amazing rest of the week. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.